Hello, and welcome to the Online Invocation Pod, a podcast produced by Zuma. It's almost Christmas, and 2021 is almost over, so to help you get prepared for 2022, this week we're releasing the audio of our uh, recent Digital Outlook webinar that uh, our chief analyst Martin Ray held a couple of weeks ago. He's going to talk you through the key learnings, concepts and ideas you need to understand in order to succeed digitally in 2022. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I also hope that you have a Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. So today we will focus mainly on some of the learnings from the last uh, couple of years almost now, um, and what you can do about it. So first off, if we look at the main kind of B2B learnings from um, the pandemic is quite simple. It's most companies would agree that you would uh, you you need to change. Almost every company, specifically within the B two B sector, found that we are heavily reliant on a very analog way of doing our business. We are reliant on our salespeople being able to work uh, as normal, going out on sales calls. Uh, going to uh, events and exhibitions. And the fact that this does not work really in an increasingly digital world, specifically if we have a lockdown in the world and the way things are looking currently, uh, this might well happen and it's already starting to happen in in some parts of the world. So we need to be able to do that. So the main conclusion is we need to change and and we need to become more digital in how we conduct business. And this is also based uh, and, and supported by the major B2B sales trends that we uh, are witnessing now and that we have seen over the last few years. One being the fact that remote selling continues to advance. Um, only a, a couple of years, if we go back before the pandemic hit, it was still a huge discussion. Will people really you know, buy, will they close these bigger deals? in a remote setting? Uh, will they do um, any kind of business that involves more complicated kind of negotiation? And certainly when it comes to spending significant amount of money, surely you need to meet in person. Now, based on some of the research, uh, this one being from LinkedIn's global state of sales report, about 36% of salespeople say that they have closed deals that are on top of half a million dollars without ever meeting the buyer in person. And in fact, if you look in in some specific countries, uh, looking to the US, for example, this is closer to 50% of salespeople reporting that they have closed deals that are worth more than half a million completely remotely. And look at at it on the other way around, buyers uh, are quite happy to now buy remotely. It's becoming the norm in in how you do business uh, within B2B. So about a third of people report that they are happy to do deals between $50,000 and up to half a million dollars. Uh, another 12% say, you know, 500,000 to a million is fine. And even 50% says spending more than a million dollars completely remotely by self-serving or by doing remote negotiation is fine. And this is based on research from McKinsey. In fact, looking at some more McKinsey data, B2B decision makers actually prefer remote uh, human interaction, digital self-service over that kind of personal meeting. 
So even early in the sales process, when it comes to identifying new suppliers, about 75% of people prefer doing that remotely uh, or completely on their own in terms of digital self-service. And moving all the way down to, to uh, uh, ordering and reordering, about 80% of uh, B2B decision makers report that they would prefer doing that remotely. And why is that? Well, one being that it's much easier to schedule meetings uh, if you can do it remotely and digitally. Uh, it's easy to fit into the, to the calendar. It is about saving on travel expenses. And for some people, it might be about saving the environment. And in this uh, day and age and in this climate, obviously safety, the ability not having to meet physically, and uh, worry about getting, uh, um, you know, uh, getting COVID or, or anything else for that matter, is also playing into this. So it's becoming the norm in terms of how, how people today prefer to do their um, B2B business interactions. And in fact, uh, looking at Gartner, uh, Gartner predicts that by 2025, 80% of all sales interaction between suppliers and buyers will occur in digital channels, meaning that this is by far the, the kind of norm how we will do business. And in some industries, we're already there. So you need to, to think about it in terms of how is business being conducted now and in the future. This is not something that, that will be you know, going back to normal uh, before the pandemic. This is just the, the evolution of how most companies in most industries will conduct business now and into the future. So that leads us to our first key takeaway. Uh, if I'm completely frank, if you don't have a if you don't have digital at the core of your business strategy in 2022, you don't really have a business strategy. What I mean with that is you either have to disregard all the research, all the indications on how business is conducted now and in the future, um, or you are in a such isolated industry that digital doesn't come into play. But for the vast majority of companies, you really now need to put digital at the core. That's the basis of how you should think about conducting business now and into the future. And uh, as, as a supplement to that, you might still do analog sales uh, processes and, and uh, analog uh, interactions. But the vast majority of the core needs to be digital. Now, the other thing that's happened because of this is that uh, a lot of companies want to change now. They, they try to think about how they, uh, they can change uh, and become more digital. But if we look from ourselves, from Suma's perspective, and look at kind of the RFPs that we have been uh, part of in this year, the interesting thing is that the vast majority, or 80-plus percent of RFPs, or four out of five, tend to be based very much on how we are currently working how we are set up and they want to kind of get a new modern system in place that is tailored to their old way of working. So it's, it's, they want something completely new, but they don't really want to change. This is, in my opinion, the wrong way to think about it. And I'll come back to that. But it's an interesting observation that when, we, when a lot of companies think about change, they think about the technology or the platform rather than thinking about how can we change? How do we need to change our processes? How do we need to change the way we are working? At the same time, 
everyone is now investing in, in uh, sales technology. Based on the same LinkedIn survey, 74% of global sales professionals say their organization are investing in more sales intelligence tools and other kind of uh, sales technology to help sales become more digital in their way of working. And that makes perfect sense because 94% of these uh, sellers say that sales tools or digital sales tools help them close more deals. And 93% say that tools enable them to build actually stronger relationship with buyers by having everything uh, uh, digital, uh, recorded, uh, stored, uh, the ability to kind of follow up from a, from a top level to keep that data and that interaction going with buyers is helping to build uh, stronger relationships over time. Now, everything isn't just uh, rainbows and sunshine, though, because a lot of people say that have challenge with data and getting access to data. In fact, 80% of sellers say they lost or delayed at least one deal in the past year because a stakeholder had changed jobs and they weren't really aware. The system didn't alert them. They didn't have enough data throughout the organization to do something with that. And another third of people uh, say that they have lost or delayed at least three deals due to stakeholder leaves. Part of this is incomplete data, uh, inaccurate data, inaccurate CRM data specifically because you only have part of the picture in terms of uh, seeing how the kind of sales process is progressing, what the stakeholders are doing and getting that kind of feedback that you can act on. So the issue now becomes, how do we need to think about picking a digital platform, a digital system for our organization? What is the best system for us? And from all that we've seen and all that we've been working with for the last few years, the most important thing is really to try to think about it as getting a single source of truth and have one data become the, the, uh, the reference and the most accurate and up-to-date uh, data on a, a specific customer. And that means that you need a single data card for every customer. If you have, like most companies have, a bit of data here, a bit of data there, and a very silo structure where you can't really complete uh, that picture of your customer and your customer journey, then it becomes almost impossible to, to kind of work smoothly with taking the customer from the very first touch all the way down to being a, a existing and trusted customer that have uh, good uh, interaction with your company. And for the vast majority of companies, this means that you should probably be looking at an all-in-one platform approach rather than having uh, best-of-breed solutions for one solution for sales, one for marketing, one for customer support from different ecosystems, and they don't really talk and interact with each other. Taking the, the, the shortcut to one platform where you actually then instead look at adapting your process and way of working to the system you choose and thinking about how you can change and make that happen smoothly within your organization is, is a much more cost-effective and faster way to actually get and become more digital uh, at the core of how you conduct business. So creating this accurate and complete picture for every customer journey should be at the core of how you think about what we need to create. Why is that? Well, first of all, by having that, you can become much more personal 
in the way you interact with your customer. Just by having the accurate and full picture of customers, it's much easier to utilize the data to become that extra level of, of, uh, uh, of personal in your communication. And that also makes you stand apart from the competition. Secondly, you can create a consistent experience across your company's touch points. So instead of having very different uh, ways of interacting with your customers, by having a one system and complete picture, you can make sure that the customer feels the same way from the, from the first interaction with your company all the way through your marketing process to your sales process to eventually your customer service or support uh, uh, interactions with your customers. And thirdly, uh, by having a complete picture, you can do much more advanced analytics and create much better insights. You can segment your database much more accurately. You can uh, look at the full picture and you can get into those specific uh, close uh, uh, or, or eager to close customers or prospects and actually focus on those and, and making sure that you are serving them at the time they want to be served. And fourthly, looking into to the future by having this also, it lends itself to do much more predictive forecasts, to utilizing things like machine learning, artificial intelligence, to have the system actually work and prompt you uh, with alerts uh, for you know customer that seems uh, um, close to, to, to buying something or for that matter, seem to be unhappy with something. The more complete the picture you have and the more you can feed that machine, the more accurate your predicted forecast will become. So that leads us to our second takeaway from this presentation. Adapting your process and way of working to, the, to fit the system is much more cost-effective and sustainable in the long term. So when you think about change, you need to think about how do we work Firstly, and secondly, what system and, and tools do we need? Because the key is really to think about how can we uh, change our way of working uh, and fit a good enough system and platforms to that. And in fact, this ability to cope with change is what is front and center for most sales uh, managers today. So having an organization that can actually uh, deal with the fact that we might you know, be in the lockdown for a couple of months. Uh, we might need to change. We might, might need to go into a new market. We need to do it fully digital. All that ability to, to kind of uh, manage change is kind of at the core of how we think about uh, sales going forward. So this means that, that we, we seeing that we start measuring sales process and outcomes in different ways. It, it might have been uh, you're looking at historically, how many sales meetings do you have? How many calls do you make? How many doors do you knock on? And now it might be more in terms of what's our average response time to incoming RFPs? Uh, how, what's our conversion rate for qualified leads to, to sales uh, qualification and sales uh, outreach and, and eventually close deals? Um, we're adding new technologies to, to help everyone within the organization to cope better. And we're also looking at kind of um, instituting new hiring processes and just realizing that we might need new types of people within the organization that are comfortable and excel at actually closing deals remotely uh, to, that can do virtual demos, that can, can do the whole sales process without ever meeting a person. So implementing those new sales technologies to actually help people to do 
uh, and excel in their work completely uh, in a digital way. And in fact, <clears throat> remote sales work continues to increase and is now um, almost becoming the majority of the way sales professionals are selling and interacting with potential customers. So the number of sales professionals now that report that they're working remotely 50% or more of the time has increased significantly over this period. So from 28% in 2019 to about 50% in 2021. And also the feedback is coming that actually salespeople tend to prefer this and it seems to work. So again, it's not something that we expect that will go down dramatically. This will be the new norm uh, to work remotely most of the time. And if you turn to the other side, it actually works even better for buyers. So 55% of buyers uh, respond that they say working remotely has made their purchasing process much easier. So again, both salespeople and buyers are saying that this works better and they prefer it. So chances are that this is, is just going to continue to increase. Uh, even if we go into a post-pandemic world where we could potentially do everything as we did before, the fact that both sellers and buyers prefer this way of doing business means that this is here to stay. And to sum up that, uh, we can look at what Gartner says about their, their idea about future of sales. And to quote uh, Gartner, they say the future of sales is the permanent transformation of organization's sales strategies, processes, and allocation of resources, moving from a seller-centric to buyer-centric orientation. It involves moving from analog sales process to hyper-automated digital-first engagement with customers. So again, this is playing into the fact that we've seen this increase in terms of how business is becoming uh, increasingly digital and how business is conducted already today. And Gartner's prediction that by 2025, 80% of all interaction will be digital. And that then will kind of uh, focus uh, the future sales much more on the digital scalability of how can we do sales, how can we hyper-automate things, how can we become even more personal, how can we make sure that we are predicting uh, when a potential buyer wants something, even maybe before they know it themselves. And this is then eventually also kind of leading into utilizing uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence in a way where actually sales become a much smoother process for everyone involved. And that leads us to our third key takeaway. If you can't close deals virtually and remotely in 2022, you can't really do sales. What I mean with that is it needs to be at the core of your skill set as a salesperson to actually be able to conduct sales remotely and digitally. It doesn't mean that sometimes on certain circumstances, it might still be that you need to meet uh, eventually in person and so on. But it's saying that it's not the core skill set. The core skill set already today and certainly in the coming years will be the ability to conduct and close deals remotely. So to circle back then and sum up, uh, most companies have come to the realization that they need to change. And then the question becomes, how do we change? There's really four major areas when you think about any kind of change project. The first being, you need to have a unified top management team that is committed to change, communicating in the same language what it is uh, and uh, having a cap captivating vision and clear objectives of what needs to be done. If you don't, in almost every organization, what will happen is that will trickle down to the organization. And it will be seen that there's, there's a, 
disjointed uh, communication or not everyone is on the same page and chances are then that the whole organization will grind to a halt when it comes to this change product. So having a very clear and consistent message from the top down uh, is key. Secondly, for the vast majority of companies, choosing an all-in-one platform that works is much more important than trying to tailor something specifically for your current needs, uh, because chances are that you will change the way you're working and you will need to change your process and way of working regardless. So unless you have, it's, it's so core to your business and the way you do business, you need to really have a tailor-made solution uh, just to be able to do business. The vast majority of companies will be much better off choosing an all-in-one platform. Thirdly, <coughs> excuse me, redesigning the organization and way of working before you, uh, you, you define or, or decide on a solution is also key. So coming back to that, that, you need to think about how should we be working? What are the processes? What are the skill sets we need? How will we be working? And then you know, choose a good enough system to that and be willing to change the way you work. It's a much quicker, much more cost-effective way of doing things than trying to you know, uh, mitigate different solutions that aren't built to fit together and trying to solve that. Uh, and based on the fact that we have been working rather than thinking about how you need to reorganize and how, change, how you need to change the way of work. And fourthly, and I can't stress this enough, is setting aside time for onboarding and education. So realizing if, if people need to change, you need to let them have the time to do that. They need coaching. They need to, to have the time. There's a learning curve for them to change into new behavior. And you, you need to really focus on that. So that's the fourth and final key takeaway for today. It's set aside time for learning. Suma, uh, for the first time earlier this autumn, had a full day where we basically closed down and everyone within the company was focused on learning and taking certification to advance our knowledge and understanding uh, across the company. And I think we managed to do more than 50 certifications. So that averages out to more than uh, two uh, on average for all employees. And just the fact of doing that and really focusing uh, on, on learning and education for a full day is one of the best things we've done ever uh, in terms of getting people to find the time to actually do something. So that's the one thing that I, if you don't take anything else away from this, I leave you with that to focus and setting aside the time for having people learn uh, and educate themselves is one of the most important factors for actually having change happen within the organization. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Online Invocation Pod. If you enjoyed it, you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or to the RSS feed. You can get a link to it on our website, zuma.agency. See you next time.